I think a lot of those questions are probably pretty valid. Why can't we play defense? This team was supposed to be one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. But they can't seem to get it done. I mean, you had a game against Denver where you had Moutier literally score about 6,000 points. I mean, literally. Lit you up in the first quarter. He had like 6,000 points in in the first quarter of the game. And, you know, again, you watch the way that this team plays, it doesn't have the same feel to it. I don't really know how to describe that. I realize that's very uh, sort of subjective, but this team doesn't play as hard as the last two years of what we've seen. Now, again, there are a couple of very key injuries here, uh, whether it's Jay, uh, Jay Crowder, whether it's you know, Isaiah Thomas and his, and his hands or his fingers or whatever he's got going on there. And, of course, Al Horford's concussion. And we still don't know at this point. Now, I could be wrong about this, but we still don't know if Al Horford is going to play tonight. I read an article earlier today that said they were being inc- very cautious with Al Horford. I, I mean, he's been out for quite a while now. I, I don't know if the NBA has a similar protocol the way the NFL does in terms of the, uh, what you want to call it, the, the the concussion protocol. But the point is, we haven't seen Al Horford. The prized possession of the Celtics offseason, Al Horford, the guy that was supposed to come in here and suddenly make us a championship team, yeah. we don't have on the floor night in and night out because of a concussion. Now, again, I'm not saying that scientifically or medically that he should be back on the court. All I'm saying is you you have one guy that you got in the offseason, and you know Patrick was sitting here pitching a tent over the fact <laughs> that we got Al Horford on this team, and my suggestion to him at the beginning of the season before they ever stepped foot on the floor was that I didn't think this team was going to be that much better than they were last year. I'd say one or two games, maybe four, tops. And I think even that is a stretch. Yeah. And now you don't have them. Jay Crowder can't seem to seem to stay healthy either, which is a big problem because he's a big part of this team and what they do. But noticeably, when he's not on the floor or with the team, their energy goes out the window. Disappears. (laughs) Which is shocking. Just disappears. I mean, you know, again, one guy can make a big difference. And for those of you who don't believe that Jay Crowder is very important to this team, you're seeing now why he really is. Avery Bradley's right now been their most consistent player. He's been very good. And frankly, probably if he continues to play this way, will be an all-star. But this team isn't playing with the same grit and guts that they were playing with the last two years. Now, it's early. We're, you know, 10 games into the season. We don't need to panic. And it may sound like I'm panicking, but I'm not panicking. I promise. It's it's just one of those things where you can kind of look at this big picture and say, mm, something's not right. It's a reality check. It is a reality check. Oh, it and, is. And again, the last two years, this team basically overachieved. Yeah, oh, agreed. And I, and I don't think that people – well – I shouldn't say that I don't think people recognize that. I think people do, but I think we sort of went into this false sense of security that this team was always going to produce like this, and they're not, especially when they're missing two of their best players, if not two of the best players on the team. 
All right, phone number 603-883-9900. It's ESPN New Hampshire. I'm Jeff Hickman. This is the pregame show here for the Boston Celtics, taking you up to 7 o'clock with tip-off with Grandy and Max as the Celtics take on the Dallas Mavericks, a team also in a similar amount of turmoil. But I don't think that Celtics fans are really going to be pumped up going into tonight's game, given the way they played against the Pelicans, which, by the way, is the stupidest (laughs) name in all of sports. We went through that on our show for a while. We did a whole segment on that. I just don't understand it. Yeah. I, I mean, the options who, weren't any better either. Look, I, I understand it's like the state bird. Yeah, or whatever. That, that's what it ended up being. Yeah, but you know, the, are, are you going to name it like the the you know the Boston Finches? Yeah, are, you know, you can't do that. It, it's stupid. It's a dumb name, and it even sounds dumb when they're calling it. You know, when you're you're listening to you know the Marv Alberts of the world say <laughs> the Pelicans, it, it's stupid. I just don't. I mean, who approved that? I mean, the, one of the other options was mosquitoes, so I don't know if it gets any worse than that. Like, At least mosquitoes are annoying <laughs> and, you know, bite you. Yeah. Pelicans. Well, a pelican. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? I, I don't care. I don't care about pelicans. Yeah, they're state bird. That's what I, I did the research on. I'm like, why why are they the pelicans? I don't get it. It's uh, their state bird. Cool. It just it makes no sense. It's cute. Like, cute. Awesome. But, you know, those very same pelicans uh, beat the crap out of the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, they made it close at the end, but... In reality, they got their butts handed to them. And frankly, I'm still not over the Denver game. <laughs> I was listening to it. I've been I, I bought a house and I've been painting. Yeah. Before I move in, so I've been listening to the games rather than watching them. And I I was listening to this Denver game, and I swear to God, the painting I was just like go <laughs> I, I like painted over my windows yeah. <laughs> because I was so frustrated. At what was going on. Painted the Celtics, Moody on your wall. <laughs> yeah, but really, I mean, the guy went off, and, and the Celtics could do nothing about it. And while you know Kelly Olynyk has come in, and he's played well, getting him back in, but he's also started to fade off again, they don't have anybody right now that is, that is a steadying influence. Isaiah Thomas is throwing up bricks right now because his hands are messed up. Still scores 37 somehow. He still pulls it off, but... Again, he's I mean, the only guy. You're relying on him again, and this is what's killed them in the playoffs the last couple of years, right? Is relying on Isaiah Thomas for all op- your offense. They have one offensive option right now. So you know, uh, yes, Al Horford, that's great. He, you know, he does a lot of things out there that, what, whether it's setting picks or the pick and roll or defending the basket or whatever it is he has to do to make this team better, he does it and he does it well. But you don't have him right now. He's and out again tonight, by the way. He is. Out again. Yeah, yeah. Out again. Gary Washburn and Asherad Baliki both saying he's out. Plus, also Ner- uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Out again. Not a surprise there, yeah. but, you know, Al Horford is, what, 31? Yeah. And Dirk Nowitzki's, like, 50? <laughs> yeah, he's, so, he's about as old as Tom Gick, 70 years old. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that they need to rush Al Horford back. I understand that there are problems in doing that. And, frankly, if it means that he's remaining healthy for the rest of the year, then I'm happy that they're keeping him out. But my point is... You know, here's your prize possession. Here is what the Celtics hung their hat on in the offseason. They hung their hat on Al Horford. And now you don't have him. And look, I, I don't know how long this is going to go on. I can't imagine it's much more. But they're already talking about Jay Crowder being out probably another week with his ankle injury, which, by the way, Jay, Jay Crowder can't seem to stay healthy either. He's starting to pull a, a Marcus Smart on us. Where he's going to start, you know, hurting himself every two weeks. 
with some stupid injury. Now, I love Jay Crowder. Frankly, Jay Crowder is my favorite player on the team, so I'm not trying to trash the guy. All I'm saying is the Celtics don't have the appropriate depth because you've got Jalen Brown really as your only option right now, and he's a rookie, and he can't shoot to save his life. Hasn't been that bad. He's been he's been pretty bad. Not terrible. D, he made a I'm shot. I'm not sitting here defending Jalen Brown by Listen, any means. He but. jacked up a shot, Jared, the other night. That literally made me turn the television off. It was that bad. I had to listen because I couldn't watch him play. A lot of things with the Celtics have made us turn the TV off so far. But it, but that so. drives me nuts because I, I, you know, I went in with a lot of hope this season, thinking that they would be a much better basketball team. But I knew, and we, you know, Patrick and I said it day one. I knew that this team wasn't going to be that much better. But in my heart, I wanted to believe that they were going to be substantially better by adding Al Horford. But the truth is they're not. And they're not defending at the same level. They're not playing with the same energy. Some of that, I think, is due to Jay Crowder not being in. But I'm, I'm just curious where people stand on this. 603-883-9900 ESPN New Hampshire. It's Jeff Hickman. Patrick Gilroy has the night off. He's off gallivanting. How nice. Actually, I think he's uh, he was on, on business, to his credit. He was... Chi-Town, right? He's traveling. He was in Chicago? Chicago. And then uh, I think he's going with the family to Disney. Oh, that's always a fun trip. Yeah, I don't understand Disney because... I haven't been in ages. I've been, and you know, maybe I should take my children, but it's an expensive trip, man. It's like thousands of dollars. There there is no... Everything there is like 10 times more expensive than it needs to be. Buy a pen for like $40. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's kind of ridiculous. I'll take my kids to the park. How Here, nice of you. Have a slide. Down the street. They're like, but daddy, it's wet. It just rained. I'm, I don't care. Think of it as the water park. It's a water park. <laughs> I, look, I, the, the joy of going to uh, Disney with your family is, I'm sure, something that I at some point need to experience. But right now, where my son can pretty much climb the walls... And hang from chandeliers if he so chooses. He'll break out of Disney World. Sorry, saying. Yeah, like honestly, he'll be the kid that like you know gets a hold of the controls to a roller coaster. <laughs> you know, people be that story you hear all the time. Flying off. Um, you know, you've been watching this team so far this season, right? Yes. I mean, you you yes. have a pretty good understanding of of what's going on and some of the late game poor play. Yeah. Letting lead slip away. My boy passing the ball away at the end of the game. Marcus Smart, man. What I mean, was that? His brain is just not there. No, I don't know what that was. I can't defend that. But I think there are some legitimate concerns. And again, you know, we talk about Marcus Smart. We talk about Jalen Brown. These are guys that Danny Ainge has has drafted very high. Yep. Third pick, sixth, sixth pick. pick. Yep. Uh, these are guys that are, are very highly coveted, right, by Danny Ainge. But what are we getting for our money, so to speak? Yeah. Marcus Smart, and and I've been one of the bigger Marcus Smart guys for quite some time. I like his defensive tenacity. I like his attitude. He tries. He hustles. (laughs) But the bottom line is, the guy is not a superstar, yet he plays as if he is. No. Um, Jacking up shots. Doesn't hesitate. I'll give him that. He doesn't hesitate, but that that's the problem. <laughs> doesn't think twice. And yet, you know, you see those playoff games. I remember the game last year where he came back. Uh, he, he came out and, and he was dropping threes at the end of the game. And, I mean, he was just on fire. But I was still scared of all those shots. 
Yeah, I, I, you look, you look at what Marcus Smart does. Um, his shot's not there by any means. Like, it's obviously not as bad as Jalen Brown's, but the, the hesitancy is not there. And that, like you said, that might be part of the problem. And you want him to kind of be a point guard. And you've seen him; his ball handling has improved. You know, he's been able to facilitate a lot better than he had in the past. Um, but he still wants to be a three-point shooter for some reason. And like, if he just took that when he had it open, but didn't. Want that? He seems like to me that Marcus Smart wants his three-point game to be the primary focus. It's it's interesting you say that because I sort doesn't of, it though? Like I see him to a certain extent as like a small version of Antoine Walker, you know, a guy with a bunch of talent that even though he knows what he's really good at, which is defense and slashing to the hoop, he can't help himself. He wants to shoot the ball. He wants to be behind the three point line. His form is better than Antoine Walker's. <laughs> he's, he probably yeah, he's little... probably hitting with more accuracy. <laughs> um, but yet there has been so much talk. I heard it earlier today about whether or not the Celtics need to address some of these issues because their size is an issue. Even with Al Horford on the floor, even with Jay Crowder on the floor, they don't have size. I mean, Amir Johnson. Is really the biggest guy you got. He's not that big, and he's not that big. You know, Kelly Olynyk maybe actually be taller than Amir Johnson, but from a size standpoint, he doesn't yeah. know. You know, he can't really jump. No. So you know, you're not looking for defense from Kelly Olynyk. What you're looking for is somebody to protect the rim, and they still can't seem to do it. There's nobody to scare them from coming down the lane. Nobody. And even when Al Horford comes back, like you said. Um, Jeff, I, I don't think that Al Horford scares people to drive. People drive against Al Horford all the time. Like he can block shots, but no one's afraid to go after Al Horford. That's like, true. People were afraid to go after Kevin Garnett. Th- that's very true. He's not a, it, he's not an intimidating force. No, but what he could do is at least create a presence down low that they realize running towards the net that somebody with some size is going to be there to try to challenge. Someone's going to try. But right now, Tyler Zeller? Not afraid. Open door. I mean, wh- what else you got? Tyler Zeller is literally an open door. Kelly Olynyk, Open door. Open door. Amir Johnson is the only true Half open door. defender. But again, size is an issue. So these teams are literally just getting to the, the hoop at will. Yep. Nobody's stopping them. No. And even the, the, the guards who should have better perimeter defense, you know, from Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley... These guys are not stopping anybody from penetrating the defense. No. So what what can this team do to improve besides getting their healthy players back? Yeah, well, that's going to happen eventually. <laughs> this this team has to get better. They have to get better. They have to play better. And I think it all starts on the defense and, and I've been preaching it for a couple weeks now. It's, it's a matter of I don't think this team is 100% trying every night. It doesn't look like they're trying that hard. I agree. Um, and I made a point that I think Avery Bradley is struggling defensively because he has to do so much offensively. I think it's kind of that Paul Pierce syndrome from back in the day. Um, but overall, he shouldn't be doing this bad. He hasn't been able to play his defense like he usually does. And that scares me. But, but I'm not much worried about him yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think that Avery Bradley, of all the players, has been the one guy that's actually playing quite well, but yeah. mostly on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. The guy has has grown by leaps and bounds, and you know I heard Sean Grandy talking about this during one of the the broadcasts. I don't remember for his last game or the game before, but he was talking about contracts and how you know you, here you have Avery Bradley who makes less money than I, I mean a ton of players in the NBA with less 
statistical, uh, you know, competence than Avery Bradley. Um, so it was a good deal. It's funny how maybe you complained about that deal when it happened, too. Everyone was like, that's so much money. Avery yeah. Bra- no one remembered. No one realized how much money he was actually not going to be getting when this, the money came in, the right. TV money came in. Right. And, you know, again, I, I don't know if this is a situation where you have to make some deals, but I think what we are seeing is sort of the compiled mess that is created by not having used any of the assets that they, they've hung on to. Yep. Okay, so Brooklyn is slightly better this year than we thought they would be. That devalues the pick you have, or the, the swap of the pick that you have yep. this year. Uh, Jalen Brown, okay. I, I mean, right now... Could have been worse. Could have been worse, could have been better. He is what he is. Uh, and now y- you have Al Horford on a team with nobody else. That that I mean, Isaiah Thomas is great. He's having a good season, whatever. What do you have right now? I mean, so people are, you know, they were jumping out of their skin for it. Patrick, I, you know, God bless him, was like, oh, they're going to be a 50-win team. They're going to – I don't see it. I they, don't they, see it. They could be. They could be. Um, they have the – I think they have the mentality to do it in terms of on paper. They have the makeup to be what a 50-win team. But they have to try hard. They have to actually show up and play because I've, I've mentioned this. They don't – they can't be a team to show up and not try. But, they, but here's to your point, it. to your point. The the effort level that they have brought over the last two years has been what's caused them to win games. You know, it, their grit, their toughness, their defense, that's how they were winning games. Yep. If they don't bring that, this team is below average. Oh, yeah, they, don't, the they don't have the talent. They don't right. have the talent. So so what do we do? You know, yeah. we're, we're going to have to make some moves. All right, phone number 603 603- 883-9900. It is the Celtics pregame show taking you up to 7 o'clock with Grandy and Max as the Celtics will take on the Dallas Mavericks. We'll take your calls on the other side. Be back in a few. You're listening to Manchester's home of the Boston Celtics. It's ESPN New Hampshire. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Jen Kaluti. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. 
The Patriots are looking to bounce back from the loss to Seattle when they head west to San Francisco on Sunday to play the 49ers. Kickoff for the game is at 425. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier, inviting you to join me and the Coors Light Girls for an afternoon of fun, prizes, and football at the Pint Public House on Elm Street in downtown Manchester. The Pint is a great spot to watch sports with tasty food, tons of TVs, and of course, ice-cold Coors Light for only two bucks. Watch the Pats at the Pint, 1111 Elm Street, downtown Manchester. QL1, this is Control, checking in to see how excited you are for launch. Over? Well, actually, Control, I'm kind of bored. I I think you cut out, QL1. It sounded like you said you were bored. That's affirmative, Control. You're about to travel 17,000 miles per hour through Earth's atmosphere, and you're bored? It just doesn't sound that exciting after using Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I was able to get a completely online custom mortgage approval in minutes. All right, you cut out for sure this time. Did you say I can get a mortgage approval in minutes? That's right, Control. Minutes. Whether you're purchasing a new house or refinancing your existing home, Rocket Mortgage securely pulls your pay stubs and bank statements to build you a custom mortgage solution so you get exactly what you want. Wow, that is exciting. Yep, definitely better than months of dehydrated ice cream and powdered orange drink. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at quickenloans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Visit for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. You don't have to be a history major to know that a lot has changed since 1865. Just look out your back door. As author Jack Noon explained in the January-February edition of Wildlife Journal in an article titled 150 Years Conserving New Hampshire's Wildlife. In 1865, the legislature authorized the governor to appoint two commissioners on fisheries who quickly set to work introducing landlocked salmon and smallmouth bass to the state and attempting to restore the salmon and shad runs. A few years after that, the fish commissioners were charged with wildlife responsibilities as well. Hunting licenses were introduced for non-residents in 1903. In 1917, fishing licenses became available. In that 150 years, there have been many fish and game success stories and some that didn't quite make the cut. But because of those efforts that started in 1865, seeing deer, moose, bear, eagles, and turkeys is not the uncommon occurrence it once was. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata, and recently at the mall, I wheeled past a woman who was offering people a little tray full of food samples, barbecued pieces of chicken on toothpicks. She said to me, may I offer you one? And she held it up, at which point I directed my friend to take it and put it in my mouth. (gasps) Immediately, the woman apologized profusely, saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I did not realize you were, I I mean, I, I didn't know you couldn't use your hands. She was horrified. But I told her, don't worry, it's okay. I said, next time, if you want to offer a sample and you see the person has a disability, just say, do you need any assistance? Well, this lady was so grateful, so thankful I had given her useful language should it happen again in the future. And from disabilitycampaign.org, I hope that this little lesson provides you with useful language too. It's always good to ask if someone needs assistance. Listening to the number one sports station in New Hampshire, ESPN New Hampshire. All right, welcome back. Celtics pregame show. Jeff Hickman here with you. Jared behind the. I, I was going to say behind the glass, but there's no glass. There's no glass. We're in the same room. You can reach out and slap me if, yes, if I need can. be. Yes, I can. I wish someone would reach out and slap the Celtics and remind them that uh, they should be playing better basketball than they are right now. 
They're not a sub-500 team? <sighs> On paper, they're not. They're actually supposed to be good. You know, it's funny you say that because <laughs> my next question was going to be, is this team better than we think they are? Or were they worse than we thought they were? And and don't go just by the record. I'm talking about, is this team going to exceed the expectations that we all had for them? Oh. Or, going into the season, did we overvalue what this team is? Oh, I think you overvalued it. I think we all did. Um, they have to be better than they were last year because, just realistically, it makes more sense, right? I mean, Evan Turner didn't mean that much to this team, but... Al Horford brings, I think, brings enough back to this team that you should be at least where you were last year. If you aren't, isn't that a disappointment? Like, well, if you weren't, if you don't lose the Atlanta Hawks in the first round again, that's a disappointment. Thank you so much for bringing up what was going to be my next thought and my next segment, which is this basketball team, no matter what you want to say, misses Evan Turner, and all the people that think I'm nuts, Patrick included, said. You added a superstar. You added Al Horford. Okay, I get it. He's not playing all that often because he's injured. I, I, I get all that. But this team needed somebody who could handle the basketball, who could keep defenders on their toes, drive to the basket if need be, knock down a 15-foot jumper if need be, and defend multiple positions. You lost that in Evan Turner. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Celtics should have paid him the kind of money that he got in Portland because, quite frankly, he looks like crap out there, too. Yes. He looks like the guy from the Indiana Pacers. Pacers, yeah, those days. But Brad Stevens had found a way to utilize Evan Turner's talents on this team in, in such a way that it helped facilitate this offense and facilitate the defense. Now, that is the part that I think a lot of people miss because the, the offense has looked... Pretty good, actually. They're scoring. They're right in the middle in terms of almost every statistical category of the NBA. They're either 13th, 14th, or 15th in just about every category, except the turnovers and fouls. That's sloppy play. Yep. That's sloppy play, and they're, they're, they're playing undisciplined basketball, and that's going to hurt them. But I think some of that has to do with the fact that Isaiah Thomas, when he's out of the game, they bring in... Marcus Smart, or Terry Rozier, and they don't have a true point guard to facilitate the offense and or or defense. I mean, for Evan that. Turner wasn't a true point guard. He wasn't by but, any means, but he was a a pretty good ball handler and made a lot of smart plays. He he did turn the ball over, but most of that was him trying to do some fancy dribble action that didn't make any sense. He's not that coordinated, right? But he was a good player in that role, and. Avery Bradley's not a point guard at all. No. What? I, I mean, what do they do now? I mean, you don't. I mean, I, I personally have liked what I've seen from Marcus Smart in the limited, limited number times he had to carry the ball up the floor, and they put him in that role. I think he has decent. He's becoming better with those decisions, but it's nothing like what. I mean, I wouldn't trust that long term by any means. I don't think he's your backup point guard of the future. I mean, is this team missing Evan Turner, Jared Sullinger? I mean, I mean, what? I mean, you are missing the booty. What are you missing? Because this is the team that we had last year, with the exception of Jay Crowder being hurt, but he was hurt last year too for periods of time. 
what what does this team need to do? But see, I really I really think it comes back, and I, I you keep being I keep being a dead horse with this, but it comes back to the energy. It comes back to the effort level. It comes back to them trying hard. Isaiah Thomas has come out and said it a bunch of times. We don't have the talent to not show up every night. We don't have the talent to not come and play our best basketball every night to win these games. You should not be losing to the New Orleans Pelicans down in the Smoothie King Arena. You should not be losing to those people and, and of the NBA. It's ridiculous. And if you don't try. You don't show up and you don't play like your best basketball all the time. That you're going to lose more and more of those games, and who knows how far away from Brooklyn you'll really be this year. But I think now what you're going to see is the lack of movement in personnel for this team. I think is going to start to rear its head, and I don't say that in a "I told you so" kind of way, but we spoke in-depth about this last year, that the team had to start cashing in assets, right? For the last three years, we've been talking about assets. We've been talking about whether or not they should trade these Brooklyn picks, whether or not they should you know, make a move for a big-name player. And nothing has gotten done. We've been told that offers that have been made to them are laughable, We've been told that they haven't been close on anything. And we've been told that Danny Ainge is content keeping his picks. So I go back to the question I started the segment in. Does Danny Ainge look at this team and say, you know what? We've overachieved for two years, but this is really who we are. We're a 500 basketball team. Or did Danny Ainge himself and Grouse Beck and Pagliuca, and Brad Stevens, Rich Gotham, did they think that this team was better than they really are? Did they overvalue this team? And as part of that, if you did overvalue, if you did underestimate maybe that this team wasn't as good as they thought it was, and and they're sort of surprised by the results thus far, and again, it's a short sample size, I understand that, Mm Mm-hmm. But if that truly is the case, what do they do now, and how do they make it better? Well, I think they overvalued what they had, clearly, because if they really thought they were a 500 team, if they really thought this is who they were, wouldn't they have not brought in Al Horford? Like, if, if, if they really thought that this is what their team was, and they didn't think, if they thought that last year was an anomaly and they played over their heads, if they really didn't think on paper that they were this good, they wouldn't have went after Al Horford. They wouldn't have went after Kevin Durant. But they would have kept going. But, they would have used the draft picks and said, we're going to build through the draft, and we're going to be the 76ers. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But here's my question. Um, my question is, was Al Horford nothing more than a lure to Kevin Durant? I mean, it probably and was. When they didn't get Kevin Durant, they were now strapped with Horford and nothing else. And my, that's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is you're paying a lot of money to Al Horford, who I like as a player, and I think he's a stand-up guy, and he represents all that is good in the NBA. But you have a guy now that you're paying a whole hell of a lot of money to, and you got nobody else. Well, yeah, and you can almost, for that argument, you can easily see why it would be the case, because the Al Horford news came out so close to the Kevin Durant meeting. You know that they did that to allure to Kevin Durant, because... Kevin Durant would have even considered the Celtics if it was just last year's team. You know, that's a waste. At that point, you're saying, okay, senior Neil Westbrook. So I think that, yes, Al Horford was probably a plan for Kevin Durant. But I don't think Danny Ainge is one to 
go to Al Horford, give him a max contract if he doesn't think he could be here long term without Kevin Durant too. Because as as much as Danny Ainge hasn't done much in terms of recently, I still think he's. I don't think he's that dumb to go out and say Al Horford has a max contract just so we can get Kevin Durant. Because if they don't like Al Horford as a player, then if they if they really thought they were going to get Kevin Durant, they, then they're screwed. So if the Celtics now are are sitting here. 500 at the end of the month, the end of next month, and heading into January. Will there be additional pressure on Danny Ainge to try to pull the trigger on something, anything? I think there's pressure now. To try to change it up. You think you think there's a lot of pressure early in the season? Because I, if I'm Danny Ainge... Yeah, they're losing. We're, I understand that. But if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm looking at my my team and I'm saying we're 500. We're, we're weathering the storm of these injuries. And we have to give a chance for this team as a as as a full unit to be able to play together. That's that's how I would look at it. Now I don't know that that's what's going on, you know, in the Celtics probably front office. It's probably how he's looking at it. But if things don't start to shape up over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of Dan, uh, pressure on Danny Ainge to make a move to make something happen. And to make this basketball team either kind of uh, move forward or to start to shake things up. Yeah, I think there's enough pressure on him now. Um, but like you said, he can kind of look by that and, and just ignore that. But I, I look at this team, I'll, I'll look at this team again, really hardcore big picture after Christmas. You know, once that Christmas game happens, you get through that point of the year. Um, right now, it's going to take some time. And I've talked, we've talked about this with Patrick too um, while you were off celebrating Trump. The, yeah. <laughs> the a little bit, a little, just a little bit. Um, the the idea that they can use this whole next couple of months as oh well, you know, we didn't have our guys back. Now they're getting back into the swing of things. Horford's just coming back. Crowder's just working out the ankle injury. Give us a month or two to really figure who out who we are now with our guys back on the floor and redevelop that chemistry. That's coming. That excuse is coming if they keep losing with those guys. Oh, the there's floor. no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. You know, and again, tonight you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks, they have similar issues in terms of their injuries and and whatnot. The only difference, and I was saying this with Jimmy before you got in, was, you know, Kevin, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki is, you know, 40 plus years old. So the injuries are sort of expected. Yep. You're not expecting Al Horford to be out, you know, two weeks without, you know, with a concussion and Jay Crowder can't seem to stop injuring his ankles. Um, that's a problem, yeah. I, I, you know, it for now and for the future. So I guess, you know, we look at this matchup tonight, the Celtics should be able to win this game. It's against a team that, I, I mean, they're struggling as well, but I think that the Celtics have a golden opportunity here to get back on the winning column and, and to try to take Dallas out to the woodshed and, and take care of them. Um, without Horford, without Crowder, and facing a team without Nowitzki. The guys from this team last year, which is the majority of them, are they looking at this game tonight? Are they looking to Friday? Because I look at that as, yeah, they're struggling right now, big time, obviously, but they seemingly get up every time they play Golden State, and that's coming. That's Friday. So Well, Friday, I mean, Friday's going to be sort of that playoff atmosphere. I mean, one, it's Friday night. At the Garden. At the Garden. Yeah. Kevin Durant, who said... You know, no Screw you to, to the Celtics. Yeah. Um, I, I think the fans are going to be jacked up for that one no matter what. Yeah. 
And that energy may feed into what you're talking about, the lack of energy on the floor mm-hmm. from the Celtics. Yep. You'll see their energy on Friday night. But I'm guessing that Al Horford will be back for that game. I'm guessing they held him out just one more game. Um, but at the same time, do I think they're going to win? No. No. No, they're, they don't. I, they're going to get their rockers blown out on Friday. Really? They, they, they're going to get absolutely killed. Have you been watching this team? I have. So you should understand why I'm saying that. I just don't think it's there. I understand they're going to get up for that game, and obviously I don't want to put too past, past Dallas yet because this is a very winnable game tonight for this team. I'm intrigued to see how they look tonight, how they come out tonight. Obviously no Al Horford, obviously no Jay Crowder still. Do they come out with a level of intensity knowing they need to get a win before Friday? I, I think they have to, and I think we'll know that in probably the first 10 minutes of the game, uh, whether or not this team is ready and prepared to play tonight yep. and, and to try to get themselves in the win column. But I, I also know that, again, this is a, a bad Dallas team that they're playing. My hope is that they don't play down to the level of competition the way they did the Pelicans. And no Dirk Nowitzki, which helps, you know, because he's always really good against Celtics for some reason. What do you make of the talk? And I know it's just talk and it's rumor and speculation. It's been shot down. Yeah, but that's why we're here. I'm just curious. Well, do you think that Golden State would look to move Clay Thompson? I love the idea. Obviously, I mean, I love him here. The rumored trade, I, uh, the rumored trade that was out there, makes sense for both for all three parties with the Sixers getting the pick and Noel going. Um, he would go to Golden State with Avery Bradley and Jake Crowder if that was, if that was what came up. And yeah, I, I think Clay Thompson would fit really well here. I think he would help a lot of ways. Um, I don't think there's anything of it. I really don't. I think right now, I think the rumors are popping up because it looks like Clay Thompson's not thrilled with the ball touches he's getting you know I just don't think that he's happy um right now but, but how, I mean, how can you, know, you how be because you're playing be, with Kevin Durant right? so you're obviously going to lose your touches there um but I think I think personally the Warriors would be stupid to break up the Splash Brothers even though they got Kevin Durant but would would it prove that that model necessarily doesn't work because it doesn't it doesn't satisfy all players on the team unless all players buy into the fact that you know, you're subjugating your game for everybody else's. Oh, it, of course it does. And I, I think that deal would be a good fit for Golden State. You know, they, they could get Jay Crowder, really good defender. Avery Bradley, you know, coming off the bench. Like, these guys would be really good fit for that team and fill some holes. But, and also Golden State's got to think about down the road, too, because you, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then Curry and, and Durant, those four aren't going to be there forever. You know, they're going to want to get paid. They're not going to exist together forever. This is their one shot to win as the four. Really, I think this year or next year. So they have some decisions to make too, and depends on how they mesh. Because we all knew this was going to be a problem at the start of the year. They were going to have to figure out the whole like sharing the ball thing. Are there teams that you look at now, and you know, I say one of them being the Indiana Pacers, for instance, a team that's just kind of running in place, jogging in place. They're never really going anywhere. Even with the additions, I thought. They were going to be a better team, adding Al Jefferson, Thaddeus Young yep. uh, to, to Paul George. And yet, they really haven't made any headway. They don't look that much better. Um, is that the kind of team that might look to ship a superstar out? Because I think that's what Danny Ainge has to do right now. He has to look for a team that's ready to part ways with a Paul George yep. or... You know, back in the day when Toronto did it with with Rudy Gay, yeah, there's got to be somebody out there that's looking to just say, you know what, let's let's just call it a day. And I know there's rumors that, out there. Come on now, I, you're hearing them. What the Demarcus Cousins? James rumors? Harden. 
Well, James Harden. I, I don't think James Harden's going anywhere. Me neither. But, I mean, those, those are the kind of teams you're talking about. But, yes, the situations where the teams aren't getting that much better. I mean, Houston 6-4, and four, you yeah. know, uh, so they're not much better than where the Celtics are at. Uh, let's take a break. We'll continue this on the other side. The phone number, if you want to be part of the show, 603-883-9900. It's Jeff Hickman with the Celtics pregame show. Hey, Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh, really? That's cool. Where is she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh, sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing First-Time Buyers Program. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie, you should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS number 1323739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License number MB1323739. Main Loan Broker License number 1323739. Kurt Stranson. NMLS number 22202. Equal housing opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. What is the most fundamental right of a child? The right to grow up in the embrace of a loving family. Sadly, some children are deprived of that right. When children are abused or neglected, they need help. More help than the courts alone can provide. CASA of New Hampshire is here to help those children. For 25 years... CASA has trained people like you to serve as court-appointed special advocates to speak for the best interests of abused and neglected children in court proceedings. CASA aims to give our state's most vulnerable children the chance to live, to learn, to grow. We want to help every child who needs us in every corner of New Hampshire. Now, we need your help because there are still children in our state who don't have that chance. Help us reach every child to volunteer, to donate, or to learn more about CASA. Visit casanh.org or call 800-626-0622. 160,000 kids stay home from school every day for the same reason, bullying. This is Scott McGilvery, president of the National Education Association, New Hampshire. Bullying impacts nearly one-third of all students every year, but it takes just one caring adult to intervene and help stop the bullying. Take the pledge to be that adult at nea.org slash bullyfree. A message from NEA New Hampshire. 
Mike and Mike, Dan Patrick, Christian and King, and a stretch run with Jimmy Murphy. All week long, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Welcome back. Celtics pregame show taking you up to 7.30. Yep. Not 7 o'clock. I lied to you, and I apologize. I will never lie to you again. It doesn't feel that bad, though. I'm going to have to bring you flowers after this. <laughs> Phone number 603-883-9900 is uh, part of the ESPN New Hampshire thing is you can call in and actually talk Celtics. So do We're that. here. We're willing to listen. We want to hear your thoughts, Yep. your hopes, your dreams for the Boston Celtics. Is this team a championship contender? No. <laughs> the answer is no. And, I, you know, again, I, I, th- I think it's going to be a long time before they get there unless they start making some moves because, I, again, I like Jay Crowder. I like Al Horford. But these two guys – do not make a championship team, even with the rest of this team in place. I haven't been wowed by Jalen Brown. He had that one good game against LeBron. And then where did that go after that? Like, like I, I don't know. He played know. really well against Cleveland. Like he, he had a really good game. Yeah, he was aggressive. That that was his, you know. Lots of thing. He's going to be up and down, right? I mean, we, we all know that. Yep. He's a rookie. We expect that. But he's going to try to bring it every single night. And you're just getting Kelly Olynyk back. He's shown flashes, as he always has, of being a talented player. Uh, but he's a liability on the defensive end of the floor. And when you don't have Al Horford there, if Amir Johnson's out of the game, the defense is really bad. It's Kelly Olynyk and Tyler Zeller. I mean, Tyler That's Zeller. Tyler Zeller. That's all I'm saying. Tyler Zeller. You want to know how bad Tyler Zeller is? He was playing with like Gerald Green and Jordan Mickey the other night in like garbage time. He was still Jordan in the game. Mickey was actually playing pretty well. I, I wish he would play more. I do at too. this point. It's either if you're choosing Tyler Zeller or Jordan Mickey, just put Jordan Mickey on the floor. I know. And, and again, I think people they sort of over. I I don't want to say overrate. I think people think more of. The guys that don't play, it's kind of the old backup quarterback is the most popular guy. Oh, Jimmy G's best guy ever, yep. So I I don't want to lend too much credence to the fact that I think Jordan Mickey is a good player that could play a role on this team. But, you know, do I think he's the savior? No. Do I think he's going to make this team better than 500? Probably not. No, but he's better than Tyler Zeller. But he's better than Tyler Zeller. (laughs) So I might as well put him in. I mean, look, 5-5. and Is this where you thought the Celtics would be sitting? No. I, my gut tells me that either drastic changes will need to come, not just to personnel, but I'm talking from the top down. I'm talking, you know, Brad Stevens is going to have to really get these guys motivated because it doesn't look like they're motivated right now. They're not playing for anything, it seems. No, and you brought it up before. Like, I know we talked about it during the break. Um, is Jay Crowder really that important? And it seems like he is. You know, is Jay Crowder really that important to the psyche of this team, the chemistry of this team, that when he comes off the floor, they stop playing? Well, I think what you have to think about and what you can look at and even point to, to a certain extent, is when they traded Rajon Rondo and they got back Jay Crowder, this team took off when Isaiah Thomas came in. Yep. And you almost wonder, was it really Isaiah Thomas? Or was it Jay Crowder? 
that helped change this team's mentality. And again, I give a lot of credit to Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens puts guys in positions Evan Turner, that, for example. to succeed. Correct. Uh, but Isaiah Thomas brought that offensive spark to this team. But it makes you wonder if all those grit, guts, you know, going to the floor kind of games, was that Jay Crowder and well, Jay Crowder's presence in the locker room? If you look at it closer, like, which player makes more sense to say that they're the ones doing that? Do you see Isaiah Thomas? And now, especially that Jay Crowder's not playing. Do you see Isaiah Thomas diving for every ball? No. Do you see him? I see Jay, I see Jay Crowder diving for every ball that he gets a chance to when he plays on the floor. Isaiah Thomas complains more than he dives for a ball. You know, I, I don't see Jay Crowder arguing complaining too much unless it's seriously bad. Like I just think, and we saw it when Jay Crowder start, he started getting compared to Kevin Garnett mentality-wise. Like, not sure. as crazy as Kevin Garnett, but he, that mentality, he brings that to the team. That's why I think I'm a Jay Crowder fan too. But I have a special lore to Kevin Garnett like we all do. You know, I think that he is more mentality, mentally ready to take a team like this and bring them energy-wise over the top than Isaiah Thomas is. Oh, Rick Porcello won the AL Cy Young Award. Love I just it. saw that come across. Breaking That's, news. That Love is it. good. That is I good. didn't think he was going to win. Um, I, I thought it was going to be Verlander. I thought it was questionable, yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I, he did have a great season, and he deserves it. Wow. Good you for know, him. Wow. You know, that's something positive. That is that something season. positive out of the <laughs> Red Sox season. <laughs> that's how bad the Celtics are right now. We're talking about the Red Sox. And look, I'm not. The Celtics pregame. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, dissuade anybody from talking Celtics. I just saw it come up, and I the figured The TV's I'd on mention. behind me, yeah. yes. It's hard to, you know, when it's stuff like that him. comes up. You, it's a big know. deal around here. Yes, that's awesome. Good for him. Good. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be winning any MVPs uh, on this basketball team. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I was going to say, Mookie team, Betts, what are you talking about? He's no, gonna... no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. But this has got to stop. I mean, you know, the Celtics have a golden opportunity tonight to make the bleeding stop. They will be – they're right now they're 5-5. Five and five. They have the opportunity to be 6-5 and five after tonight – but then they're playing Golden State on Friday, and chances are, chances are very good that they're not going to win that game. That game is over in the first quarter. I don't. I, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I would. I think if Al Horford comes back, you might see a little bit more of a game play. I, I think this team needs the motivation. Frankly, I, I think you they know, need a big, we've, been, big game. we've yeah. been sitting here talking about their lack of energy and not playing for anything. You get a team like that coming in here, the fans jazzed up. The players knowing that Kevin Durant said he did not want to come here and play, you have to you have to get up for that game. Well, yeah, and look at all the losses they've had. You know, we've complained about the Nuggets' loss, and and you see that the, was the, the Wizards' loss back to back games. Right, those two were awful, and then they lose to the Pelicans down there to a one and nine team. Yes, Anthony Davis was great, but he wasn't the reason why they won that game. It was the bench finally playing well. But that being said, that was because the Celtics gave it to them. You know, the Celtics have been too passive on both ends of the floor, particularly defensively. You know, going into the season, I, I thought this team would be a pretty darn good defensive team. You know, when you see the development of Marcus Smart, you know Avery Bradley is one of the best defending two guards in the league. I, I'm under the impression that this is going to be a good defensive basketball team. Well, that's what they kept saying they were priding themselves on. They're, they kept saying, we can't win unless we play defensive defense first. We're a defensively-minded team. That's what we're built to be, and that's who we want to be. They've all said it. They've all brought that up. A million times now. So they seem to do it. Well, and again, I'm trying to see or I'm trying to view this team from a long-term perspective because I realize that no matter how much we love these guys, they're not going to win a championship this year. It's It would be more shocking than Donald Trump beating Hillary Clinton oh, yeah, on election yeah, night. It happened. It, 
it would be shocking if the Celtics were to make the finals. Shocking if they got past the Eastern Conference finals. You're right. And there were people talking about the Celtics in a very different light prior to the season saying, could they compete with Toronto for the second seed in the Eastern Conference? Can they, could they challenge LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers? The bottom line is right now, they can't even hang with the Nets. Nope. I, I mean, they're struggling right now to find any sort of rhythm offensively and defensively. And I, I again, this is this is something that is going to creep into their heads, and we've seen it before with other teams. They're going to start losing games, and then they start questioning themselves. They've got to get back on track, and that starts tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. And as Celtics fans, too, you can use um – I look at the Charlotte Hornets as a good kind of measuring stick mm. um, because they were a team a couple of years ago where they were even worse than you were. And two years now, they're they're about five hundred. They're they're solid. They're in every power rankings you see. They're in the top six or seven. Uh, they made the next step and they maintained it from last year. You should be consistent with them. You're in that same kind of timeline with the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, Kemba Walk is a freak. Like he's phenomenal and he's a stud. I and mean, Nick but, Batum's a good player. Yeah, like they have good players, um, and they look like on paper they probably should be better than the Celtics, but. Use them as a measuring stick, I think, because if you if you can keep up with them, you're on pace to be a good team for a while. But you got to keep up with them, and that's where I look at the measuring stick. If you're not with the Charlotte Hornets, then you're behind. I I just want to see something out of the Celtics tonight that says we haven't given up. You know, somebody something that says we're we're still you know we we've got our heads on straight, and I think that'll make all of us feel a lot better. All right, when we come back on the other side, we'll uh, take you up to 7.30, tip-off with Grandy and Max. Celtics at the Garden tonight, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. We'll hear from you, 603-883-9900. It's Jeff Hickman and Jared Scally. Is that how you say your last name? It is. You're correct. I just want to make sure. You're right. I don't want to misrepresent you. I appreciate that. All right, we'll take your calls on the other side. Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when, when the Bruins struggle other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39 and his legs are given out on him and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Hey everyone, it's ESPN New Hampshire's Jimmy Murphy. Join me this Friday afternoon, 3 to 6 p.m. as we take the Stretch Run Radio Show on the road to Boston Billiard Club and Casino in Nashua. Boston Billiard Club and Casino's new charitable gaming options offer poker tables, roulette, blackjack, Mississippi stud, let it ride, and so much more. You can win real money and help support local charities. Boston Billiard Club and Casino in Nashua is also a great place to play pool and watch sports with dozens of tables and TVs in every direction. Plus, they have $3 cords-like drafts during all Bruins games. So again, join me this Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. at Boston Billiard Club and Casino in Nashua, 55 Northeastern Boulevard, as we bring the Stretch Run on the road. 
Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On 5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, make the right call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com. Let your search for Mazda and Subaru dealers begin and end with North End Subaru Mazda. Only 20 miles from Nashua, North End Mazda in Lunenburg has the best deals in the area. With Mazda 3s and Subaru Forester, both leaders in their class and a giant pre-owned inventory. To look at their weekly specials, give them a call at 888-805-1469 today. They're just a click away at buynorthendmazda.com. Imagine your 14-year-old daughter and her best friends maybe getting ready to go out. They're laughing, maybe trying on clothes, and maybe taking sips of vodka straight out of the bottle. Imagine your kid doing that. New Hampshire ranks second in the nation for binge drinking among 12 to 20-year-olds. You can learn how to protect your kids. Visit checkthestatsnh.org and help the partnership for a drug-free New Hampshire. Start the conversation today. This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM. And the Jake stole the ball. It's all over. Bird steals it. Johnson, layup, Boston, one second left. The greatest single season turnaround in NBA history is complete. Number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. This is the Celtics pregame show with Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, welcome back. Seven o'clock hour here as we get you ready for Celtics Mavericks at the Garden. I'm Jeff Hickman alongside Jared Skelly as we discuss the uh, merits of the Boston Celtics season thus far, a five and five effort. And uh, we just saw some of the records pop up on the screen uh, of some of the other teams in the NBA. And the NBA's elite. It, the NBA's elite as of 10 games into the season or 11 games in. You have the Hawks at 8-2, and two, the Clippers 10-1, and one, the Cavs 8-2. and two. Do you buy the Clippers as the best team in basketball? I don't. I know they were talking about that on the TV behind us. Uh, I, I don't because, you know, they do this every year. They have this great record, and then they get beat up in the playoffs because their game doesn't translate to the playoffs because they can't play a half-court offense. They have great players on that team. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, they're excellent players. But the truth is they can't win in the playoffs. They just don't do it. And are you buying the Hawks at 8-2? and two? Dwight Howard, baby. I know, and so many people, when we talked about free agents. Yep. And the fact that Danny Ainge was even considering Dwight Howard, I mean, you know, Celtic Nation was losing their collective mind. He wouldn't have worked here though. 
Yeah, because there's scrutiny here. He needs to play. That's why he's doing well in Atlanta. That's what I mean. There's no, there's no worries. In no one cares. He could suck right now, and no one would care. But they're eight and two. They are without they're, Jeff they're, too. They're substantially <laughs> better than your Boston Celtics, who added one of the stars that came from that team. Granted, he's not playing here either, so it's not really a good comparison. <laughs> uh, Al Horford ruled out again tonight. Concussion. Seems like a really long time. Yeah, it, it didn't seem like he got like I feel like his concussion isn't something that was that big of a deal when it first happened. Like oh, a couple days, just make sure he's fine, no big deal. And now it's like it's it's one day at a time, and it's been like what two, almost three weeks now. Like it's been a while. Well, here's my question: is uh, is this simply the NBA being ahead of the game, uh, being incredibly careful with Al Horford because? They they want to avoid the same pitfalls that the NFL has gone through. Well, it's not as much as the NBA's call as it is the teams themselves because it go, they have the protocol and it's a step by step thing. So, isn't it up to the team doctors though to say they passed? Probably, right? probably. I and again, sure, I, I I was asking the question before: is it, you know does the NBA have the same type of protocol? Yeah. Does does the NBA have a a concussion protocol, so to speak, the way the NFL does? I think theirs is better. Theirs than the NBA's. No, I was going to say it has to be. No, there's no protocol really in the NFL. So Anything has to be better <laughs> than what's going on in the NFL. But that said, what exactly is the protocol? Because he's been out for two weeks. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, that, that seems like a really long time. Yeah, I remember looking it up, like, because I really wasn't sure what it was. And it's barely just, like, a progression thing. There's no set games or anything like that. It's just they have to pass. There's certain check marks, and he has to pass them. If he misses one, he has to go back to the beginning or something stupid like that to redo them all. Well, my hope is that he's he's not, you know, failing some of these uh, these tests. Well, wouldn't he have to be? I feel like he has to be failing because if he's not failing, why is he out still? Or Are they waiting this long to test him? Are, or are they are they resting him? I mean, I, I know that sounds really stupid, but yeah. you know, maybe they say, "Well, look, he's already out for the concussion. Let's give him a couple of weeks rest, and let's get him back." You know, a couple of weeks in, and 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 look, I mean, teams are doing this already. You see LeBron James sitting out tonight uh, for Cleveland for a game of rest. Popovich started it. Popovich started it. I know, but but it worked. Yeah, I mean, you can't even question it. No, it because worked. look what it did for Tim Duncan. It, it, I mean, Tim Duncan was like ninety five when he retired. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, but I. I I don't believe that that's what they're doing. I mean, to your point, though, you could believe it. I mean, there's ways to believe that lovely conspiracy theory because he hasn't talked about it. Every time someone asks him, he's like, you know, yeah, well, okay, move on. Like, they're not talking about it. Yeah. They're not like, hey, we're doing better, this is working, and I know they're not ones to be open, like, hey, this is our plan for our guy who's hurt, but, like, they're not usually this quiet about stuff like this. No, but that's also very concerning. You know, I always think back to that year that Kevin Garnett hurt his ankle in Utah or his, his – um, his knee. In yeah, Utah. yeah, the knee, yeah. And they kept saying, oh, yeah, he's going to be back. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Never it went on back. for months and months. And then right before the playoffs started, after they put the tickets on sale, mind you, uh, they it. said, yeah, you know what? He's actually – he's not going to play. He's not going to play. They would have known that like months ago. Right. Yeah. And and I, I would hate to think that there was something bigger here. But at the same time, you know, I my guess is it's still early enough in the season that if there was something catastrophic going on, uh, they would pretty much have to either own up to it pretty quickly or let's get the guy back out on the court. Well, because if it's catastrophic, they can't push it out for, what, six months? Like, well, that's my point. Yeah, they're not going to go, oh, he's done. Like, right, right. It's something where I, I think there's a problem. I don't know how bad it is, but I, I can see them. I could believe it as they're not 100% sure why he's not responding. Um, but every time I've seen a video of 
pregame stuff. He did it again tonight before the game on the floor. He's looked fine. Like, he's moving fine. He's, he's hitting, taking some contact in some of these pregame drills, all video during practice. It seems like he's taking contact. So what is the holdup? Well, and my no belief is that they're going to play him Friday night. That is my guess. Fresh for Golden State? Fresh for Golden State. Rusty for Golden State. That they want to play a tough game you know, at home against a foe that a lot of people don't expect them to beat and to have the rivalry with Kevin Garnett, his friend, who was uh, supposed to come here. Durant. Because, yes, Kevin Durant. You said Garnett. I'm sorry. I meant Kevin He's Durant. He's always on the brain, Kevin Garnett. I, when I think Kevin, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, his friend who was supposed to come here because Al Horford was here, uh, that that would be pretty interesting for them to set it up that but way. But if he's okay, like if he's fine, like if, he, if they've been putting him off, do you think Al Horford's sitting there saying, I'm fine with this, or is he trying to get on the court? Because it speaks volumes to me of who he is as a person, as a player, if he's saying okay with to all this. And, being, and we don't, we're never going to know if he's actually pushing, but he must be, right? He, he seems like he's a pretty decent competitor. Yeah, and not only that, but I think you know he's determined to uh, be worth something here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he came to Boston because of the love that he had for the way the fans reacted to this team, yep. even during losing games in the playoffs. You know, he talked about that rich history in Boston, and he's one of the few players that really, you know, admired it. I shouldn't say one of the few players that admired it. One of the few players that was willing to sign here for that purpose. Now, again, I'm still of the mindset that I think Al Horford signed here because he anticipated that maybe his signing here would lure Kevin Durant here and they could start something special. Oh, big factor. But that said, it didn't happen, and now he's here. And, you know, I don't believe that he's, you know, pouting on the bench saying, geez, you know, this team sucks, I don't want to be here. I I don't believe any of that. Um, But I do think that there's some legitimate concern among Celtics fans that, you know, maybe there is something a little more to it than just a concussion. Yeah, and I, I look at it as maybe there is. I I just look at everything that I've seen, and I don't see any proof that he shouldn't be on the floor right now. You know, like ev- like I'm saying, every video, anything, any visual proof that we have seen of him working out, of him talking, of him do he doesn't seem like he shouldn't be on the floor anymore. So that's where my confusion is, and I'm sure I'm not the only one on that one. It's just there's so much proof pointing to him being okay. Why isn't he out there? And, of course, he wants to be – ready for this game. You know, he wants to come back and have a huge game against Durant. The, he, the crowd wants him to come back and just, you know, but, like, he looked healthy enough to be on the court last week. Like, he made that trip, that road trip. He probably should have played on that road trip. Well, and again, I, I mean, obviously the Celtics have lost some games. They've won some games. It's been kind of just that seesaw season that I, I feared. I did not want to see this team win a game, win two games, and then lose two games. I mean, that's... It, we are we are stuck in mediocrity. We've talked about this before. The mediocrity of this team, which has lended us, you know, uh, no real success yeah. come the playoffs. And now, granted, we still have the Brooklyn picks. But if we're not in a situation to to win games or to move to the next level, then I consider that a failure. You know, so this team's got to right the ship quickly. Get good momentum going in the first part of the season and carry that into the second half. It, right now, you're a 500 team. You're down on the bottom of the league. Uh, excuse me, bottom of the conference with, you know, the Nets. The Nets. I mean, come on. You're down there with you, them. You get a chance to swap your pick with them. You want to hope that you have a very good team and their team is bad, uh, or at least a lottery selection of any sort. 
and you can switch it with them. But you don't want to be sitting at five and five. You want to you want to show you got something going. And I think a lot of this is predicated on getting healthy players back. I, I think they're going to win more games with those players on the floor. That includes Crowder. That includes a healthy Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford. We're, we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah, and I, I look at it as this team, most Celtics fans are going to be patient. You know, There's been some murmurs of, oh, when do we start blaming Brad Stevens? When, when does he stop doing this? And obviously all the hard rumors, DeMarcus Cousins already been brought back up this year. It didn't take long at all. Uh, it is unbelievable <laughs> how quickly the DeMarcus Cousins rumors fly when it comes to the Celtics. Why is that? I, I And don't get me wrong, I love him as a player. I'd love to have him. I, in, in fact, I, right at this point, I would really take him on, on this team quickly. But at the same time, why long. is it always him? Yeah, it, it seems like well, it seems like he's the best trade to because you even mentioned it. You need someone who is on a team where they're struggling. They just, as much as you change the team around, it just seems like it's not a good fit. That and James Harden are the two best options, I think, out there for that kind of team. Like you said, James Harden's probably not going anywhere. You know, I think he, they want him to be the guy in Houston. He, I think he wants to be the guy in Houston. So I don't think that's going to change. DeMarcus Cousins is your best option for a superstar in a city that's not a good basketball town, which is crazy because they used to be. You know, they had all those great teams. Um, but he's the best fit for what they need. It's just a matter of do they pull the trigger? Does Brad Stevens want them to pull the trigger? Does he have a say in this? Because that's been popped up now, too. Um, yeah, does, does Brad Stevens have a say over Danny Ainge? And is he telling them not to trade for DeMarcus Cousins because he doesn't want to coach him? That's a big issue. That's come up today. Who knows? But again, you know, uh, we've heard the name Gordon Hayward thrown around oh, quite I a bit. Here. Oh. And I would too. But again, you know, it, are these guys legitimately available, number one? But number two, is Brad Stevens, I mean, I know he's on board with Gordon Hayward. I don't think there's any question there. Uh, but, uh, you know, what what is going to be the answer to this problem? Is it just getting the healthy players back, or is it going to be the Celtics desperately trying to make moves to put them in position? I mean, the Lakers look good right now. I was about to ask you about the Lakers because I just saw them pop up on the TV. Yeah, um, Julius Randle. Who would you rather be right now? And I'm, this is a serious question. Lakers or the Celtics? Look, I'm a diehard Celtics fan. I, I, would, I would jump out the window if I ever said – the Lakers. I don't want to be the Lakers. I hate the Lakers. Okay, if you had those players on the Celtics team, wouldn't you be happier? Wouldn't you have if you had that situation? I like Julius Randle a lot, and I think D'Angelo Russell is an incredibly talented player. But at the same time, I like the guys on this team. I think there's a lot of good quality character guys on this team. I don't believe that that is the case with the Lakers, and I think eventually well, no. that will that will implode, and I think it's going to hurt them. But right now, Luke Walton has them playing some pretty good basketball. Speaks volumes of what he can do as a coach, right? Because no one thought this was going to happen. You bring in a guy in. I don't think people really took the Luke Walton hiring seriously either. No, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think most people figured that they weren't going to be a very good team to begin with. He might so, be fired. Yeah, you know, he, he can come in there and he'll be their coach for a little while and then they'll move on to somebody else. But he's done a good job. Yep. And he's, I mean, obviously he learned from Golden State. He learned from Steve Kerr. So that's a big person to learn from. Um, I would take the Lakers right now over where you are as a Celtics team because I just think that you have more scores. You, I, I, I like Ingram too, just down the like a future oh, player. Yeah, no doubt. So with him and the rest of that score, I would take the Lakers situation over the Celtics situation, especially because I think the the Brooklyn Nets are kind of starting to become expired slowly but surely. I think he, Danny's already missed that window. I think you should have already traded that pick. Yeah, those picks I think uh, are going to come back to bite us at this point because you know again it was nice to get the third pick in the draft. Granted, you spent it on a guy that most people did not expect 
to be your pick at number three. Or even the top ten. Like. Uh, yeah. Um, we won't rehash that pain. Yeah. But, yeah, I think those Brooklyn picks are losing value. And I think that it now that they have lost value, I think it diminishes the assets that you have on this team to create you know, a trade offer. I mean, we were told that they made a godfather offer for, uh, what was it, the ninth pick uh, a short while ago? And, oh, yeah. And somebody else. Um, to the Bobcats, to Jordan. To, yes. And we were rejected outright. Um, it's like every pick they had. Right. Literally and every pick, I think it was. It was that's pretty close what they to were it. told. I mean, but you know what? Again, we we don't know what's been lost in translation here, but, but it was like multiple Brooklyn picks, multiple their pick, picks, the Mavericks pick, Jared Sullinger, and all this other yeah. stuff. And the, the truth is, now with the assets that you do have, they are worth less today than they were halfway through the season on draft night. Mm-hmm. That was everybody's fear: was that these picks were, and not just the picks, but other assets were going to become less desirable. I think every game that Marcus Smart plays, he's becoming less desirable or staying the same. Well, he's losing the six-round pick value. Right. The, the more he plays, the less he looks like a top six Yeah, pick. it's like driving a, a new car off the lot. It yeah. immediately <laughs> loses value. And, and I think that that's going across the board. I think that goes to the picks because if Brooklyn continues to be somewhat competitive, I don't think they're a good team, but they're competitive. They, um, should, they need to trade Brooke Lopez, like now. I'll take him. Apparently he's available. I'll so take that, anybody. I'll take anybody. Let's shake this thing up. <laughs> let, let, let's get some players on the court that can do some uh, some things for the Celtics here because right now they're just not getting it done. And I don't know if if it needs just a shot in the arm. I don't know if they need this big game like against Golden State, you know, to kind of jazz them up a little bit and get their juices flowing. But something has to give here. I think you're going to see. I don't know if tonight's going to be non. Like, I think tonight could be a good game. I think you have that potential. It has to. Be. It has to be a good game. I think they're in that point. Friday could be a bloodbath in the wrong direction, but I think having Jay Crowder on the bench is a big reason why that game could also be fun to watch. Well, because remember those games when Garnett was hurt. We talked about it, and you played the Bulls in the playoffs, and he was chirping, he was having fun, he was swearing, he's all that stuff. That was awesome. That that's kind of who Jay Crowder has been on the bench watching these games. He gets fired up in a game against Golden State where Jay Crowder was obscenely probably the more the more pissed off person on this team when Kevin Durant did not come. He's gonna he's not gonna be able to play on Friday. So you know he's gonna be energized like Kevin Garnett was against the Bulls. So now I ask this question looking at their upcoming schedule. You have Golden State on Friday, which we've d- discussed here. But now take a look at what's going on after that. They go on a three game road trip. They have to play the Pistons who are Good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Above 500. Yep. Uh, the Timberwolves, who are playing better, they're not great, but they're better. You have the Nets, who sadly are very close to your own sched- uh, your own uh, record. Yep. And then you have the Spurs. You're going to get your butt handed to you. Oh, yeah. The Heat, who have been surprisingly bad. I shouldn't say surprisingly. I mean, I'll say, is that really surprising? No Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Wade, no Chris, Chris Bosh. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think that's but then you get the Pistons again, and that rounds out your month. That's a tough upcoming schedule. I got, two and, I got two and four. Two and four. Just off the top. But that's bad. You're beating the Heat in the Nets. That's what I got. That's bad. I and, mean, minute, I, and you could even lose the Nets if you don't show up. So that That's a tough, tough schedule. And it's not in a lot of home games. So if the Celtics are going to struggle and and – by all accounts, they've been struggling. 
this could be disastrous. <laughs> well, you might not even have Jay Crowder for the rest of the month either. Which is it's just... a good chance that lingers, you know. Right. Like, he probably won't even play until December. Right. And if he does play, will he be 100% good? <laughs> I mean, we saw what happened to him in the playoffs when he wasn't that good. Yeah, like, do they rush him back? That's the big question, too, because you see that schedule. You know, the Celtics are looking at it. Do they rush him back? I the the one thing that they cannot do is rush him back because and again we were talking about this in terms of Al Horford if he has a concussion then okay don't rush him back but we saw with with Jay Crowder you know his his ankles have been a problem for him his legs in general so yeah, just have been a lower problem. body lower body I don't know if it's the way that he attacks the rim I don't know if it's the way that he plays the game sort of upright and tough but he's getting himself hurt a lot. And yeah. when he comes back, we need him to be 100%. So if they rush him back and he's playing like crap, I don't think it's going to do us any favors. And is that and then that might be the reason why he's been out longer than we thought. You know, like obviously it looked bad. Like initial timeline it could have been longer than what it was, but seeing the pro- progress he's made, um you've heard reports of a week out for a few weeks now. So is this also could be them pushing the weight, you know, let's see, let's let's get Al Horford back, let's do this. Let's but it's wait, scary. Let's it it's out. scary because I think they're kicking the can down the road a little bit. I'm not saying that he's ready to come back. What I'm saying is, you know, here we are, a 500 basketball team. Nobody's really super impressed with the way they've been playing. No. And now you have guys that are, are hurt, and you're still kind of just kicking that down the road to get to the next game and to get to the next week. And then pretty soon you're in a hole. And yeah. I would hate to see this team get into a below 500 hole and try to dig their way out because that's a tall task. And you're, you're trending in that direction, which is very sad. Um, I, I look at this team, I think they'll be above 500 after Christmas I don't, I, with those two coming back. I think they're going to ride the patience train a little bit here. I think they're going to wait it out because that's what I think everyone expects them to do. And I don't think Danny wants to trade anything crazy away until he knows what he really has. And he hasn't really seen that yet. Well, and we agree on that point. you know. I, but I do think... As the next few months progress, he's really going to get pressured to do a lot um, it, You know, with this team. He's going to get pressured to make moves, especially as the names start popping up. You know, as oh, yeah. we talked about DeMarcus Cousins and the like. Clay Thompson just came up. I, it, I mean, that I, I don't know how much truth there was to any of that. Hey, Wasn't Bra- that a Scalabrini Bra- rumor? Scalabrini sources. What, what, what well, sources well, does Scal He's close have? to both organizations. He coasts in Golden State. Well, he, now he hosts a show on satellite, yeah, satellite radio. So, what I mean, does that make him any more reliable a source? No. What What is he doing on satellite radio now? No idea. He's hosting a show in the mornings. I have no idea how he got the gig. All of a sudden, I just knew, all of a sudden saw he broke a story there. Is he still doing Celtics games? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so it's that's interesting. And so is Golden State for that matter, because Golden State's eight and two. Um, they're a good basketball team, but. Uh, I think I see some flaws in that team. I really do. Too many cooks in the kitchen. I, that's what I think too. And I think that depending on what happens in the Western Conference, I think there's going to be a lot of competition. Um, and my hope is that it is competitive because I think it will defy or or uh, fly in the face of everything that everybody thought going into the season was that this make, team was going to be yeah. you know eighty two and zero. They'll make Kevin Durant rethink his decision. But isn't it also very crazy that? They're already two losses in, and it's been a month of yeah. the season. And last year, you know, they they set the record. Yep. You know, it, it just it's shocking. And you added me. one of the best players in the right, league, right? And now they've already yeah. So maybe that might not be indicative. Maybe they're still learning each other, so to speak. Well, but. Yeah, I think that has to be a thing. You know, they are learning each other because you add Kevin Durant, 
you're going to take shots away from Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, Steph Curry, for that matter. And they, those three have to learn how to play with a fourth guy who's really, really good. Yeah, and again, uh, I mean, you know, that, that team was loaded with talent on the top end, but there's not a lot on the back end no. for them. So, you know, they, they really are dependent upon the stars that they have. I mean, those stars can play minutes. Like, those guys yeah. eat up minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but the question is now, how long can they can they do that? Yeah. And do you buy that, you know, Kevin Durant went there for, you know, two years to win his championship and call it a day? Because I don't necessarily believe that. But I do think, especially with the way that Russell Westbrook is sort of angry at Kevin Durant for leaving Oklahoma City, I kind of wonder if maybe he has like a LeBron moment where he's going to want to go back there and, you know, he gets his championship out of the way and then he can move on with his life. I, I could see that happening. I mean, it has to be a real thing. He wants to win, and he he, he saw a window, and he's taking it. Um, I could also see a situation where it becomes Steph's and Durant's team and Thompson and Draymond Green aren't there, and then that becomes a two, two-man two show. But, man, Draymond Green is so important to that team. Oh, he really is. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't think it would be a right decision, but now you have four guys who need to get paid, mm. not just three. Because Durant could even opt out after this year if he really doesn't like what he made, the decision he made. So, and then we could be doing that all over again. He could be back in the Hamptons hanging out with Kelly Olynyk. Can I just again ask that question? <laughs> Why be- <laughs> was Kelly Olynyk there? It's brought up every year. It's brought up every time I'm on the air now. It's all I can think about when I think about that meeting. I, I think about why in God's name was Kelly Olynyk there. I'm not a big fan of Kelly Olynyk, and it's, I'm I'm pretty open spoken about that. Every time that Kelly Olynyk comes up, I go, you know why I'm not a big fan? Because he wore a tie dye T-shirt to a meeting with Kevin Durant. To get him to come to Boston. Did he have the man bun too? I think so. That's even better. Man bun. Tie-dye shirt. Tie-dye t-shirt. Hey, Kevin. Rocking in the Hamptons of all places. Come on, man. Kevin, come play for me. I just wanted to say hi, by the way, to my son Silas, who um, is he is a um, a loyal listener. Hi, Silas. For his dad. And I, I, I appreciate that. Good son there. That's funny. It's cute, though. I mean, it's it's cute because he probably has no idea... One, I probably sound different. Than, oh, yeah. You, you know. do. I mean, yeah, everyone sounds different on the radio. But, you, you know, you wonder, like, what, as a two-year-old, what, what do you think when you hear your, your father or your mother coming out of the radio? Yeah. <laughs> um, How'd he get in there? Yeah. Somebody's got to get him out. Dad, come out. What are you doing? Oh, man. Uh, all right. So, uh, tonight they play the Dallas Mavericks. Friday night is obviously a huge game. I'm looking forward to doing the pregame Friday because um, that's going to be a big game. It's, uh, the crowd's going to be insane. It's gonna be a fun game, and tonight I, I think tonight's crowd could be fun too because they 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 I think Celtics fans are smart enough to see this team does need a spark. Um, yeah, and, but what if what if Dallas comes out and scores like you know they go on a 10-0 run to start the game? Okay, but but to start the game, the crowd's gonna be up. I think you know this team needs a spark. I think this crowd's good enough. Our fans are loyal enough to understand that this team does need a spark. But you're right if the if the Mavericks come out and score ten nothing, start ten nothing, this game's over. Yeah, I mean, it, it. they can't get into a hole early in this game. It's going to demoralize them. And again, I would hate to see them lose this game too and then go into Friday night. Uh, look, the, the, this team has to play better. They they have to. They, I, they can't play any worse, in my opinion. Like, obviously they can play worse because they're, they could be the – I can't even make the joke they can be the Nets because they are they're basically right. are the Nets. Yeah, we, we don't want to do that. They could be the Philadelphia 76ers. They could be the 76ers. Thank you. Um, but – on paper, they're supposed to be a lot better than they are. And I, I go back to my point. I say it over and over again, and I will keep saying it until at least Jay Crowder comes back. They're not trying. You can see it. They're walking through the motions. Defensively, they're not trying. Isaiah Thomas has never been good defensively, but he's been pretty bad. 
He has, but I, you know, again, Isaiah Thomas if, with the injured fingers, I, I think there's something to that, not just offensively, but as you said, I think defensively, the guy's worn out. I mean, you know, we, we rely on him solely to keep us in games at this point. We don't have anybody else. But I mean, Avery Bradley's played okay. Um, and I don't want to take anything away because I think he's having an all-star caliber season. Oh, for sure. Um, Has but, to. But, uh, I mean, you can't have one true scorer on this team. You can't. No, and Isaiah Thomas, don't get me wrong, and I, I don't think he should be part of the future plans. I've said that, too. I don't think long-term he's going to work, but I think he just exuberates so much energy on the offensive end to get to the hoop, to get a foul call, just to do anything that by the time he gets back to play defense, he doesn't want to. Well, and the thing I admire about Isaiah Thomas, though, is – He's not afraid. You know, he's not afraid of anybody. He stands up and he he fights every single game. Yep. And he knows when they need him most. So, well, we'll see what happens. Celtics and Mavericks tonight at the Garden. We'll be back with you on Friday night as the uh, Celtics will take on the Golden State Warriors. We appreciate you listening. And as always, stay classy. I I don't know. I was trying to think of something interesting. You were trying to be really clever right there. Yeah, there was zero cleverness right there. Have a good night.